The I Only Listen to 90s Music Podcast is a show for 80s babies who were 90s kids. If you were a No Limit Soldier, then this is your show. If you believe that cash money is not an army, but was a Navy, this is the show for you. If you and your friends ever tried to sing a song written by Escape, in Vogue, Shy, or Voiced Men at a talent show during middle school, this is your show. The I Only Listen to 90s Music Podcast is a bunch of 80s babies talking about all the songs and things that we loved when we were kids and teenagers. So if you went to the skating rink and you were at a lock-in, this is the, the show for you. If you think that Tevin Campbell um, was the original prince of R&B, this is the show for you. If you don't understand the the conflict between Monica and Brandy, but you're kind of on Monica's side and understand why Brandy got punched. This is the show for you. Make sure that you tune in, subscribe, click the little subscribe link. We're here. We're going to talk about all things 90s music. This is the show for you. All right. Welcome back to My Chicken, the show where I talk to dope people doing dope things. I got, this is a special one right here. This is, this we go back to the beginning of the arts of blogging. Uh, <laughs> before before it was cool to be a blogger, um, with his him and his wife had their blog because that was your first blog, right? Well, did you have a blog before? Black no, Mary. that was the first. Yeah, that was the first one. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. Black, Black Mary, Mary with here. kids. We done done three, four different conferences together on panels from Blogging While Brown. Uh, I forgot the other one that uh, Danielle used to do here in St. Louis. Um, oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was him and Brother Tech. Um, always, they always embrace me and everything, man. And, and now this brother is the guru on getting that acquisition for your marketing efforts at the highest spell basis on them digitally and online. My man, Lamar Tyler, thank you for coming on my checker, man. Oh, my, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. I was excited when I saw the uh, invite come over. Right? <laughs> Couldn't wait to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Are you, I know you're based out of Atlanta now, but you are from Atlanta, right? Nah, I'm from um, uh, PG County, uh, uh, Maryland, right? Uh, DC area. So, but we've been in Atlanta now for 13 years. So we've been here, been here for a minute. Yep. So how, how's, how's Atlanta versus the DC? Because both of them are chocolate cities, chocolate city north versus south. Yeah, that's that's a great question. And what I tell people all the time is that they are from the outside looking in, they're very similar, right? You know, you got black folks at all economic levels, right? You got the hood, yep. and you got like like million dollar plus neighborhoods you go into where every single house is owned by a black family. So you, like li living in both, either one of these spaces is different from a lot of America. Cause you see so much, like like growing up in the DC area, I always knew I wanted to live down South somewhere. But when I, when I traveled around places, now it was hard for me to adjust Cause I was used to seeing black folks everywhere. Oh, right. So like, like DC and in Atlanta, it don't matter if you go into the raggediest spot or the most upscale spot, you can't escape us. Like we're going to be there. Right. Yeah. So when I go into a lot of cities and I see how segregated a lot of cities are to where if you go somewhere nice, like you're the only black person in there, I ain't, I ain't really accustomed to that. So um, Atlanta, so like I said, from the outside looking in, they, they look the same, but I say a lot of time what the difference is, is entrepreneurship is different here in Atlanta. And when we, okay. when we came, that's one of the reasons I came because everybody that was doing what I wanted to do as far as entrepreneurship, digital marketing, full-time, they all were in Atlanta. So I said, I need to be in Atlanta too. And when I got here, I noticed at the, at the time, what made it special to me was like, it's an ecosystem of entrepreneurs 
And and a lot of times it's not even just Atlanta folks. Most people I meet ain't from Atlanta. Right. <laughs> but I, but I feel like what Atlanta does, and I didn't I didn't really realize this until I moved down here because I wasn't you know from this part of the South. I feel like Atlanta plucks a lot of the brightest people from, from all place. these surrounding cities, and then and we just a few hours from a a bunch of you know the South's biggest cities. But I feel like Atlanta's like a magnet that attracted them all here. But then you know it just keeps doing that. Started pulling people from New York down here. Started pulling people from Cali here, and it's just like like attracting a lot of top talent. But then also at the time we got down here, one of the biggest difference between DC and Atlanta used to be cost of living. Like cost of living was exponentially cheaper. So when we got to Atlanta, I found people that could say, "Hey, you know what? I want to be a full time entrepreneur and just leave their job." In DC area, it's so expensive to live. Can't do that. <laughs> No, you know what I mean? Like, like it's no way possible. The, the, the company already got to be doing nine figures for you to be exactly. It's like it's no way possible you could do it. Like, so it, it shocked me when I got down here. It was a lot of full-time entrepreneurs, and it was a lot of stay-at-home parents, which was different because in the DC area, you could be married, have a kid, but like both of y'all got to be working and almost making six figures for you not to be somewhere where your car can get broken to. Right. right? <laughs> so it's 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 just different. But I noticed like, hey, when when you don't have to pay so much just to live. It allows you to take a lot of different chances that you can take otherwise. Yeah. And and that's what I saw when I was down. Now, now prices have skyrocketed up right post-pandemic. So I think we're a lot more comparable to a lot of you know northern other cities before. But it's still different, man. Like, like the entrepreneurship vibe is different. Um, and if you got a business that specifically speaks to black folks, it's like the market is here, your avatar is here, your customers here. It's so many people for you to collaborate with here. You know, it's all those things as long as you get in the right circles. So, man, that's yeah. ATL is just, I mean, it's the, they, they say it's the new Wakanda. But I always <laughs> yeah. like, man, I always remember Chocolate City coming up. Everybody's like, oh, man, it's Chocolate City. It's Chocolate City. But yeah. it's shifted in like the mid-90s. You, you know, know I, I'll tell people this too, right? It's a lot of people that make a lot of money in D.C. But when I was there, most people made a lot of money in D.C. did it through working. Right. There were a lot of like high paying jobs, a lot of black people that make a, a lot of corporate money in D.C. They make a lot of government money in D.C. because the federal government is there. They make a lot of money for government contractors. So so when I was there, I had I made great money. But it's the same type of thing. I made great money working for a company, a corporation. And it's a lot of potential in that lane um, down here. It's just like a hustle and the hustle is different. Yeah, so it's because it's a melting pot of all the best hustlers. It's almost like, a, like when you have a fight, gang fight, when they, like in the movies where like they take the best fighters from all across the, right. the country and then put them all in one Thunderdome. That's basically Atlanta. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. That's totally it. So let's take it back, man. Grew up in D.C. What was your original plan before all that? Like, what was it like when you were like 17, 18? Like, what this is my what I thought my path would be. What was that envision for you originally? You know, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what entrepreneurship was. And I didn't have anybody. I didn't grow up like in a family entrepreneur. So I didn't necessarily have people around me. Later on, I stumbled on a Black Enterprise magazine, which I attribute to a lot of my success because it allowed me for the first time to see people that look like me yep. and be like, oh, this dude doing what? Oh, she doing what? Is she making that amount? Like, that's crazy. Like, and just expand my mindset about what was possible. Uh, but in the meantime, since I knew it might be a journey, uh, I was in IT, right? Like around that time, I was like, hey, what's something that I can enjoy doing that I make a lot of money with? And it was, you know, I, I it was IT. At the time, it was IT shortage. So, you know, I got certified, got my IT certification, started working that lane. But while I was working it, I was still on the side, always trying to build a different business. And and this might have been like the 20th business I started because, you know, <laughs> I literally was like 20 years old. Like, all right, I'm going to try to do this. Then I'm like every other person. I tried to throw parties for a while, right? And I was doing, <laughs> I was doing parties. I know you've done some parties for man. You already you know. know. <laughs> I did parties for a while. Then I was 
you know, I went out, um, I remember I went out one time to, uh, uh, out to Texas. Uh, it wasn't Fort Worth, maybe it was uh, Plano or something. But I went out to uh, uh, Texas and I went to some uh, franchise thing out there. I was going to do a franchise. So literally, it was like all these what different things. For a while, I had, I had two dump trucks back What before. franchise are you going to do? I don't even remember. I, I think it was like something HR related. We're using the HR process or something like that. Okay. But I didn't know no HR people. I didn't know how to sell the HR people. So I was like, I was like on board with it, but I was like, oh, hold up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what my next step is. So I tried all these different things trying to figure it out. And, and that's one of the pieces of advice I get to people the most now is that uh, it's a different age now, of course, because you got access to so much information, right? Um, when I'm doing all this, I'm talking about like mid-90s. So mm-hmm. mid-90s, internet was just coming out. You know, it wasn't Twitter. It wasn't Facebook. It wasn't YouTube University. It wasn't all these places where you could say, how do I do this? And they just come up. It wasn't all these influences that you could follow just leaving breadcrumbs and telling you, I did this, I did that, and showing you like a in their reels and stories with a behind the scene of their day. Like none of that existed. So it was a lot of trying to figure it out over and over again. And what I learned the hard way there was that um, the best way to figure it out was just to hire somebody that already knew it. And, but but we learned that like way down the line. Right. Even when me and Ronnie started, uh, you know, it probably, we probably say what we did in our first seven years, we probably could have done it in three if we would have had coaches and consultants and been going to, <laughs> you know, uh, more conferences and things like, you know, like once we finally picked up that, hey, you know what, we just need to invest in ourselves, invest in our personal development, education, hire consultants and coaches that already know what we're trying to do so they can just tell us and that's when everything took off. Wow. So because most people think that I got to have all the different, I got to be a man of many hustles with different hats, but you got, yeah. it's sometimes it's cool to outsource and pay for it. That, you know, that's it. And I, and get that's what people don't get. Like so many times I see people having conversations where they like, you know, why would I pay somebody else? So you ain't got to figure it out. I mean, like all the mistakes we made were just self-inflicted because they were like, the process is already down, right? That's like somebody coming to me now and been like, yeah, the last three years I've been trying to figure out how I can build a list, an email list or a Facebook group or whatever. I mean, I figured, I figured that out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. 2009. Like, yeah. you know, you keep trying for the next three years trying to figure out how I can just tell you, right? So, so literally, it's look, and, and it and it doesn't, that's not just a getting in the business, that's at every level. So now my cheat code is I'm always just trying to find somebody that I can pay to give me access to the information I want. So if I'm trying to figure out how to how to how to build a bigger team, then we get an HR consultant or something like that to give us the game on how to exactly what to do and how to do it. I'm trying to figure out um how to make you know better short form content, or if I'm trying to figure out how to run better ads or whatever like that, I just want to find the person that's the expert and directly dial into them because what I realize is that's not expense, then it's an investment. And the money that I invest in that, I'm gonna get back tenfold faster, and it's gonna be bigger when it comes. Dang, that's real. Wow, that's real. It, and it's so crazy because that's how it is with anything. Like you, if you're gonna that you got a bit of scale, it you're gonna anything. have to pay at some anything. point if you're gonna scale. Man, I, I tell you, if you think about sports, if you had a child that showed potential in, let's say, basketball, mm-hmm. he or she was real good at basketball, and you say, like, oh, my goodness, one day I think I think they can hit the next level. The first thing you go do is get them a coach. Yes. That's the first thing. You'd be like, oh, they need a, a coach. They need a trainer. They need somebody to work out with to get the shots and to do this, do that. It's the same thing in business. Not, but the, the opposite would be. I'm gonna go out there shooting with them. Like, like I'm right. gonna them. <laughs> I ain't never even played high school right. ball, but I, I can take them to the. I can take them. To Everybody's the, not uh, uh, Mr. Williams, uh, right? Sure. Exactly. Everybody ain't that. <laughs> exactly, and that, and that's it, man. It's like this. There's this, this last thing I'll leave on this 
is that uh, two of my friends, um, Paul, Mar Paul and Marshawn, were doing an interview. And uh, Paul asked Marshawn, he said, hey, uh, and it's Marshawn and Daniel, he said, hey, Marshawn, I noticed that you mentor a lot of people. Like, what's your thoughts on mentorship? And she said, Paul, at one point I realized that too many people are waiting to get picked. And you get to pick a mentor because you can pay a mentor. And when she said that, like, boom, my mind was blown. Hold on. Because hold on. so many times. Wait, wait, one more time for the people in the back. One more time. <laughs> you get to pick your own mentor because you can pay a mentor. And so many times since in our community, I feel like we wait for somebody to come through and pick us. Somebody be like, you know what? <laughs> Put that brown skin ball head brother in the corner, right? He looked like he he looked At like the he grocery store. Like, yeah, hey, right. Like I'm just running like for you. Be like, you know, you're hoping somebody to see your Instagram or your or your YouTube short or something and say, you know what? I saw that from you. You know, I want to work with you. Let me let me bring you in my circles. Let me introduce you to some people. Give you some. Nah, they ain't at work. You know, man, I, I'd be 50 years old in a couple years. Still ain't nobody came up to me and be like, I just want to, I just want to mentor. And I'd be out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been out here for a long time. Doing so, ain't nobody ever came like, you know what? I just want to hook you up. You know, come on with me, right? <laughs> that don't happen. But what has happened is I found people that had the information. And then I was like, do they got a coaching program? Do they got a course? Do they got a conference I can come to? Do they got like a two-day intensive I can learn from, right? I asked them, hey, do you do consulting? Right? Like, like. And when I learned that, it freed me because then it put me in control. And too many times, like I said, when you waiting for somebody to pick you, you ain't in control. You be the one going out there picking the people you want to work with. Mm. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a jewel right there, man. That's a jewel. So like back when y'all, because you and your wife started Black Mary with yep. kids. What was it, 07? Yep, yep, December 2007. That was it. 07. What? Because what, that I mean, y'all was growing, y'all was growing, popping. We were all like, it, and I tell people all the time, it was so beautiful of a time period. It was that because everybody had their own individual brands that were still big enough to have their own advertising on it, have yep. their own things. That's before. And they, they, someone asked me before, like, well, what happened? I was like, well, these big conglomerates came through, start basically buying up the blogs or buying up the actual people running the blogs yep. and pull them into their rudders or Gawker or you know, you know, complex, any of those, what, if, how was you transition when the, cause I feel like the blog era hit the whole, the, the whole around 2013. I feel like mm -hmm. what made you transition to, into this, the, the, the lane, the acquisition lane from there, because y'all was, I was blowing like the Facebook yeah. group, the fan, group, everything was big. Yeah. What Great. made you transition? Great question. You know, what, one of the, um, and you don't hear one of the other things I always, I always tell people that happened around that time too right like one of the precursors 2009 2000 uh uh, uh 2010 was facebook yes right because yes. i don't know if you ever like like because I, I tell people all the time like before facebook our sites were such a community where yes. like people would come people, on there commenting like it was facebook and like, you knew them and you knew the people you would yep. know like i knew like hey this lady she live in ohio she got three kids hey this person because literally we were our own community and our own ecosystem um, so when Facebook came, then we go from them, even if we're still getting the traffic, we go from them no longer leaving comments on the blog. Now they're leaving comments on Facebook. Facebook. Right. They see the article, they're like, oh my God, that's so good. And they go back to Facebook and leave a comment on it. We're like, hold up, this, this is different. Yeah, that's, that's losing me traffic. Because now I ain't got I ain't got comments. Even when I had traffic, I ain't had comments no more. And then the next thing was <clears throat> a couple years later, like I said, probably around that time, 12, 13, when Facebook start, you know, first cutting on that algorithm. And stopping it so that, hey, you know, it used to be like, hey, when somebody liked my page, Facebook let them see the stuff. Mm -hmm. Then it went from like, hey, we like your page, but we ain't seen none of your stuff in like a month. You still posting? And we're like, yeah, we posting eight times a day. 
right? And they not seeing it, people not being accustomed to that. So, so the change of social shifted us up too, but probably one of the best things that could have happened. I had a friend, um, Jenks Morton, that's a uh, filmmaker. And Jenks got a bunch of DC bloggers together. And he told us, he said, man, what y'all are doing is amazing. He said, but the problem is ain't none of y'all got product. And I'll never forget, right? We met at, uh, uh, I think it was Busboy and Poets in, in uh, 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 DC, in Northwest DC. And he gave us this like little, it was like a tongue lashing almost, right? He like got after us a little bit. And we was just like all like, mm, yeah, whatever, right? But we get this ad money. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get mm -hmm. the ad money, Jenks. You don't understand because he, he really wasn't a blogger like we were. But that stuck with me. And I had a, a follow-up conversation with him. And Jenks said, well, what's your goal? And I said, um, you know, my goal, man, is get a lot of traffic, you know, go viral. He's like, but like, what's the real goal? And you remember back then, like Steve Harvey on a morning show, they would highlight somebody and it would literally get so much traffic, it would shut their site down. Yes. Remember that? And I remember yep, like, it'd yep. be like, like Patty LaBelle coming in. We were like, man, we about to shut her, shut her site down, y'all. Everybody go to PattyLaBelle.com, right? And then boom, it'd be done. Then Steve Harvey come on like, we told you, y'all ain't ready for us. So I told him, I said, at the time, I said, man, my goal is to get on Steve Harvey morning show, right? We know we, we knew we had a good product to get in front of people. We just needed, we just needed to get in front of people, get awareness. But he's like, then what happened? So I said, we get on there, we're going to get a whole lot of traffic to the site. He's like, but then what happened? I said, well, I said, whenever we get a whole lot of traffic, we don't keep everybody. But normally if we rise up, then when we come back down, we never come back down to where we started. So we retain a bunch of people. But he's like, but then what happened? And I said, well, you know. Um, <laughs> you keep on trying to explain it. <laughs> right. You know, so I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm out here, right? So I'm like, you know, well, after that, after we get the people, we'll make money from advertising. But he was like, but then he kept asking me, but then what? And eventually I had no, no answer. And he was like, man, you need a product. Because he said, if them people come to the site, you got a product and they buy from you. Now you got customers. And that was when I realized that customers were greater, not equivalent to, not less than, but greater than readers. Right? Because at that time, remember, like everything was just all about how many readers can I get? How many page views I got? Like, how many like, that's, rate? I make all my money off of that. And then, you know, that started us down the path of creating product. When we started creating product, I started realizing that I could take back control because up to that point, like, again, we made all our money through advertising. So what I started realizing was that we were making less content to please the people and making more content to please the advertisers. Because if that's how we get paid, right? Yep. Then if I know the advertisers want to see this kind of content and they're looking for this for their brands and campaigns, then that's the kind of content I got to make. Yep. But when we started making product, the product was all about the people. I got to figure out what their pain point is. I got to know who I'm talking to. I got to know what they're dealing with. I got to know how to overcome the challenges they got. And when I do that, I'm literally, everything I'm doing is focused on that person that's coming to read to the site. So then when I do that, like everything changed. Then we start making money. The money we're making is directly from the consumer. Then we're starting to make better product and better articles, right? Because we locked in exactly what they need on the front end to get them in. And then we sell them what they need on the back end to get them the help they need. And, and like I said, then it just blew up. So then I can go to the advertiser. They come to me and be like, hey, we want to do such and such. I'm like, nah. Like, then I could get real selective. About How many reviews did you do that you didn't want to do because it was company was an advertiser? Right, exactly, right? And, and it was, you know, I, I think about it before. Like, we never did stuff that just was straight out, like, against us. Right? I remember we had a, uh, uh, we'd have, like, check cashing places come to us. And they'd be like, you got all these black people. You know, we do, we give this money for check. I was like, no, I'm not doing no payday loans. No checking to go. <laughs> right, I'm not doing no payday loans, no check. Like, y'all ain't going to get me. But then it's, it's a lot of gray area stuff. We're, like, stuff we weren't passionate about. That's what, about. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, came with a check, so we did it, right? We're like, man, I don't use this stuff, but, oh, whatever. you know, whatever. Put this little T-shirt on, do this little dance, right? And get it. <laughs>
But when we started serving the customer, then we really could say, you know what? We turned down 80% of the, the ad stuff and we only want 20%. The real stuff that we, like, yeah, I've been driving this car for the last eight years. So I would love to do something because this is what we get around in every day, right? This is what we drive our kids into, so I believe it. And like I said, it, it just changed everything. But when that process of creating product, we also got really good at selling it, right? We got good at marketing. We got good at doing live events. We do, um, we start doing documentary films. So we make docs and then sell them DVD, then bundle up DVDs, then do screeners with three, four, five hundred people in the theater, sold out. And, and then we start doing tours, right? We do our own 10 city tours. So in all of this marketing, it was a lot of people that saw us because we had a big community. Uh, we had over 500,000 people on Facebook. We've been doing mm -hmm. about 300,000 plus readers a month. So we rolled like a million people a quarter. And people kept saying, like, like they saw me and Ronnie start as just like a husband and wife in our bedroom. Then they saw us, now we got an editor. Now we got, you know, 40 plus freelance writers. Now they're in the office. So they literally saw the business being built in front of them. And they started coming to us saying, hey, can you teach me how to build a business like you did? And then that's where the birth of traffic sales and profit came. Just we started. And now you have a product. Entrepreneurship. And really, that's where my, uh, we, we like the marriage stuff. But my real, real passion is on entrepreneurship. Because I told you from a child, I always know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was always reading that magazine. I didn't say know how to do it. So once we learn how to do some things, um, then I love like showing other people, especially um, in our community, how they can do the same things, right? We close generational wealth gap through entrepreneurship. So that's how you guys came up with. So basically you you said like, well, so what was the first original product that you all, was it, was it merch? Nah, the first, um, what well, on a black and married kids side? Yeah. Of the product. yeah. Black and married kids. The first product was, um, I think it was a DVD. It was yeah, a DVD. Was, okay. It was DVD. And we had no previous experience. So my man, Jenks, <laughs> same guy, this is uh 2009. So he had just, he had just bought an HD camera, sold me his old SD camera. And I just bought some stuff on the website. But one day I was talking to my wife, Ronnie, and I was like, you know, I think we should do them. Cause I'm always trying to like, how can we outpace everybody else and just think next level? So I said, you know, I, I seen this movie and I love it. And it was, I was in the conversation. So I said, I think we should do a movie, but I was like, we ain't got no money to pay nobody to do a movie. I say, like, you do splits on stuff. I'm like, you know, it's cool till the money come in. Then it's like, what are we going to do with it? It's just like a whole bunch of questions. And I, and she said, well, you got the camera. I think you can do it. And I don't know why she said that, right? Because I, because it was wild. And Lucy, <laughs> if you saw the first movie, you might be like, well, actually, you couldn't do it. <laughs> you could have outsourced it. <laughs> right. But, you know, so what happens, um, I took his camera. I got some, like, you know, $200 lights off Amazon. Uh, got this, this, these janky microphones off of Amazon that were terrible. And for two weeks after work every day, I just went and interviewed couples. And then, you know, I got this uh, Dell laptop and this uh, editing software called Sony Vegas from Best Buy. And I just was like in my little bedroom. I remember that. I, remember, I know that. I know that program. <laughs> yeah, man. Like $70 at Best Buy. So like literally I just was at home editing stuff together, making it. Um, and our very first screen in uh, Connecticut Avenue, Northwest D.C., we sold out. It was 160 seats. And I, I didn't know like what the goal was. I don't remember what the goal was, how we was going to do it. But we sold out. And I couldn't believe it. Like I was like, man, how did, like 160 people came out here to watch a movie we made. And at that event, we also had T-shirts. So we sold T-shirts down the merch, yeah. right? Um, but like I said, we just learned. So that was the first thing. Then we came out. We came out with another movie the next year. And then the next year. So we did a movie every year for five years straight. And they ended up doing two more down the line. But in that, again, like I said, we got good. And then we started doing bundles. Then we started, like I said, 
people like, hey, come to my city. Start traveling different cities. Then we learn how to market in cities that we didn't live in. And like I said, literally, was just a progression going step by step. Man, that is that's that's that's, that's so with, we're, we're transitioning to now you being more of a coach mentorship. Mm-hmm. What if for you is some of the three of the the things that people don't know that they could do to take that to the next level they have right in front of them because most time people are like oh man i don't have the budget yeah. for to do the ig pose i mean i don't have the budget for the twitter things what is like the tangible things that they could do that you've seen that's great because all those excuses and this is what yeah. i'm telling you like like a lot of times people make uh they make every excuse they try to disqualify people that are successful and they make every excuse about you know well, you know, they in some certain situation that the person successful is not in, but what they don't know, like I've had a chance to, to coach and look up close to hundreds of six-figure companies, um, uh, probably now in the ballpark of 50 or so seven-figure companies and five eight-figure companies you work directly with, right? Eight figures on 10 million a year. And what I'm going to tell you is they face all the struggles. <laughs> they didn't came from the same beginning stretch, whatever, right, that everybody else has. The difference is, for one, they got a different type of grit, meaning when stuff happened, they keep going, right? Um, you know, I tell people all the time, your business don't care. Your business don't care about your personal life. It don't care about you getting sick. It don't care about, you know, somebody, you know, close to you passing. It don't care about your romantic relationships. You together, not together, divorce, break up, come back together again. Your business don't, your business want to eat every single day. Yes. <laughs> and, and what I realized, right, is the most successful people, they have to compartmentalize their emotions to the side. And emotions don't impact the business. When things happen in their personal life, it don't throw their business off the rails. You know, probably everybody listening has had a time when they hired somebody, especially work with small business, right? You hire a small business to do something, and then something happened in their personal life, and they go ghost on you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, I'm sorry that happened to you. <clears throat> but I still but got stuff to get, get but done. But once you took my money, I need my stuff yeah. done, right? But like so many business owners operate like that. So I'll, I'll tell you this, the three things. Number one, most people have a great product or service. They just don't have enough eyeballs on it. There's traffic, right? So they need more leads. Like people got to see it. And we talk about people seeing it. Uh, you need to be doing one of three things. I, I, um, my mentor told me a long time ago, forget new traffic, you either build it, borrow it, or buy it. And we talk about building it. That's organic, right? That's like I'm posting on social, um, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. I'm mm-hmm. going to networking events. Um, um, you know, asking you who you know, if you know people, like all the organic stuff. Borrowing traffic is when you go out and find somebody who already got an audience. So back in the day, if you were a marriage, you know, therapist or something like that, or a counselor, you would come to us, black and married with kids, because we already had hundreds of thousands of people on the list. And get a guest blog going. Exactly. So <laughs> instead of you trying to start your own thing, that would be crazy. You can come to us who already got the built-in audience, and we need people like you. And then, boom, you can tap in right away if you got the talent and skill set for it. And then the last thing is buying it. That's paid traffic. That's advertising. That's like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google, TV, radio, whatever it is. And too many times, small businesses... Even when we were successful, right? Um, people that's not successful yet say, I don't have the money to advertise. People that are successful say, well, I'm getting all this money, all this traffic free. Why well, I got to pay for it? <laughs> but, but that was, we were getting like, say, 100,000 people a month. But one day I thought about it there and I said, hold up. I said, if McDonald's advertise, Nike advertise, Walmart advertise, Macy's, I can go down the list, right? Yeah. All them advertise would make me think that I shouldn't have to. Because do more people start advertising when the numbers go down instead exactly. of like, like, oh, well, we kind of falling off. Now we got to we got to do some ads now. And, and that's the thing, right? Because I'm like, if Nike got 97 percent market share in basketball shoes, but they still run ads for basketball and everybody know Nike, don't nobody know me. 
<laughs> so, so what make me? It's like wild the way we think, right? So one, you know, people got to get more traffic. They got to get more eyeballs to get this stuff in front of more people. Um, number two, people need to have better offers, right? Like I've really tried to focus. On people have irresistible offers because a lot of times people see what you got, but it just ain't enough to make the move. And you thinking that hey, you know, most people either like it or don't. Nah, I would say most people are just sitting on the fence. They're not even like yes or no. They just like I don't know. I'm gonna come back later, right? So is the offer good enough? To make them not just take action, but to take action now. To say, you know, I mean, think about like something in the past that you've seen where you literally was like, well, let me just get my credit card out now because I don't want to forget. Like this yeah. kind of thing you want, yeah. like, or you like, hey, like this is my last chance. Like they said, I can only get it till midnight. I got to hurry up and get this thing because after that, the price going to go up or I'm not going to be able to get it. Or, you know, I mean, I mean, if people think like in everyday life for the sneakerheads. When a new shoe drop, are they like, well, I'm going to get it when I get a chance. I'm going to come back to it. No. Nah, because they know it ain't going to be available. So they like, hey, let me be mobbed out outside the store. I don't know what that's about. But they like, let me be mobbed <laughs> outside the store, camping out for hours. Because I need, well, we need to figure out how we can do the same things with our products and services. We're going to have irresistible offers that make people go crazy. And then when they see it, they can't say, well, you know what? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to see what everybody else is doing. I'm going to come back now and say, I got to get it now because I'm afraid it ain't going to be here or the price going to go up. Or it's not going to be the same or a bonus is going to get stripped away or something like that. And then, like I said, my last thing I say is that we need to get more educated. Too many times people are not educated enough. So that could be, like I said, coming to a conference. That could be um, connecting with other people. It could be having accountability partners. Whatever it is, like you just got to get educated. And and like what I've learned is that, and I still, I still pay for coaches. Like once I figured out that hack, like back in 2012, I ain't stopped. So I still go to conferences. I still get coaches. I still get consults. I'm still in masterminds. I'm still doing all the stuff because I know that I don't need everything. I just need one thing, right? I'm always looking for one thing. One thing is what take me to the top every time. When I started, I told you, I advertised. When I started advertising, I got that nugget about why I'm not advertising. We went from selling, uh, we were selling bundles of our movies, right? The Black yep. Family Film Pack. We went from selling four bundles a day to 22. Major. I mean, like overnight. That's five times. That's five X. Listen, I mean, major. We went from like, oh, you know, we can ship every couple days because it wasn't that much, wasn't that much, right? To like, dang, like we got to get like a real shipping process. Yeah, y'all got to get, get uh, y'all got to get a real shipping machine with exactly. The we might have been handwriting labels up that point, right? <laughs> but we had to get a real machine. We had to really start going. It's yeah. like then we had money coming in. We could hire people, right? It's like literally most of the time in business, it ain't a million things. It's just one thing. Like, what's the one thing for you? That's gonna pull that lever and then elevate you to the next to the next uh, run. Man, so what, tell us about the podcast and the video, uh, the YouTube page that you guys got going on, man, which is super dope, man. I, I like, man, I'm subscribed to all that good stuff, man. Oh, thank you. Yep. Uh, man, like describe that because you have different types of people giving different kind of business entrepreneurial advice. There, it's not just you. So it's like, so people are yep. like, oh man, I don't know if he, it's different types of people and they're giving different different, different types of people. Yeah, we we blessed. We got an amazing community of forty thousand plus. Um, black entrepreneurs, this purpose-driven, trying to reach the next level. And I mean, at, at high levels too. So what I love to do is bring them in and have them teach, because I know a lot of them. So I bring them and have them teach everything from e-commerce to brick and mortar, to vending, to product-based, service-based, you know, B2C, B2B. No, no matter what it is, I got somebody just walk through that. And then what we've done now is we've taken a lot of that content that we've created, and now we're making more original content too from, you know, Instagram and YouTube and on the website and such. To now we got a network, right? The convo. Mm -hmm. And that network is available on, if you listen, right? I want you to get your phone out and download it. Now it's available on um, the uh, Apple store, the Android store, uh, Roku, Fire Stick, 
and Apple TV for your TV devices and online at theconvo.tv. But on the convo, right, I got my uh, uh, my podcast show on there, the Travis Sales a Profit Show. We got a show about real estate. We just dropped this in, I think, on episode four or five right now, Property Power Play. We got um, shows about uh, black business icons. We got roundtable talks. So, like, everything around black business and black wealth is what we're doing with the convo to really create a different type of content to help me, right? That me that was, like, 17, 18, I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to do it. If I had something like the convo, I would have done it probably by that time I was 25. Yeah, but it, it's it's but it, everybody's got their own journey though. Your journey That's is true. your journey. Yep. At the same time, but like you said, I, you could have shortcutted it for, yeah, for, for next that, especially for younger cats. I be telling like my young cousins, I'm like, man, we had none of this stuff when I was like in college, man. I mean, we had instant messenger was like the biggest thing on, <laughs> in the dorms, you know, back then. Y'all can be an influencer before you graduate from college. Exactly. You could be a CEO of a million dollar company yeah. <laughs> from your bedroom. Yeah, right? and nobody, nobody knew who you are. <laughs> exactly, and it wouldn't even be weird, right? Like back in the day, it'd be like you know, you got to see people and do stuff. Like now, like it wouldn't even man. People are like, am I gonna get my stuff on time? That's all I want to know. Yeah, and that'd be yeah. it. But man, as we wrap up, let everybody know where, where they can check out and look at all your materials, everything. You know, give us all your social handles, all that good stuff. Sure, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere at uh, at Lamar Tyler, L A M A R T Y L E R. And to find out more about what we do to help business owners, you go to the website Traffic Sales and Profit, and that's A N D Traffic Sales and Profit.com. On there, you'll get uh, a link to our free Facebook group, right? 40,000 plus entrepreneurs. You get access to me and my wife's free books. We got free paperback books we'll send you. Use cover oh, shipping and handling. Um, so you get a hold of those. And then there's more information about our conferences, uh, events that we do, and everything else. Our next conference in January, got to get you out there, man. Next conference in yeah, January. Where, where, where's it at? Where's it at? Yeah, it's in Atlanta. Oh, everything in Atlanta. Everything <laughs> is in Atlanta. You know where it's at. It's in Atlanta. No, no, got... I'm saying you traveling. You're not traveling. You, nah, you, nah, 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 nah. It's the Mecca. Ain't no need to go. Like, everybody want to come in. We're going to. But, that's real. That's real. Uh, that's real. In January, we, we just had one past June. We had Jermaine Dupree. We had uh, Issa Ray. We had Miss Kathy Hughes from Radio One TV One. But in January, uh, we got the Colonel of the Tank. We got Master P coming in. To oh, talk entrepreneurship. I, think I, saw, I saw that ad for that with P on there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So so if you're listening right, we want you there. But everything you can find out about that and more traffic sales and profit.com. Man, Lamar, thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank you, man. Like, this is super, super dope. Make sure y'all go check out all that stuff. It is literally gonna change your mind state of how you uh, market stuff. I'll be trying to take his little tidbits, I'll be seeing his <laughs> reels and stuff, and I didn't use it for the network and Oh. That's how I built out. We got 10 shows in the network now. Wow. So yeah, like this is just one. It's 10, 12 it. different shows. So this is different ones, different types. So yeah, we building it out, man. And uh, thank you again, bro. Thank you, man, for having me.